0: Welcome to the River Dee Centre podcast. Listen back to the Sunday Worship Message, recorded live in our church building in Flint, North Wales. stuff i'm laughing god's got a sense of humor because as i, I was just loading the notes up at the back uh, and you know when the iphone like blur, like zooms in on like one word because you've double tapped it by accident and it highlighted the word plonker which i thought was quite amusing um and i don't really know how to take that but that's good that's good right turn to the person next to you and i want you to give them three reasons three secrets as to why you look so young today Turn to the person who actually year. Three secrets as to why you look so young today. Why you look so well. Why you look so good. Great. Thanks. amazing good stuff good stuff um has anybody learned anything new any any tips anyone's going to take out no 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 face cream face cream okay show of hands who uses face cream <laughs> well this is really weird this has taken a strange turn anyway uh, amazing andy i love that kid's story that was cool that did you see that on tiktok You did not see that on, no, that's cool. Um, So I was thinking about it, and I give it a quick Google at the back. I give it a quick Google, and the reason that the, uh, go on, what's the reason? What's the science behind it? So it's just like a life jacket on a person, isn't it? If you pockets of air stuck in the rind and the skin, lifted up there, thanks to Google at the back there. Ah, good stuff. Um, Yeah, Elizabeth has has sort of uh, given you a clue today of where we're heading. Obviously, we've got the title, Why, um, this morning, and we're going to look at a couple of different things. I'm mindful, I know Pastor Steve said to me a few weeks ago, Ben, we've got to make sure that we don't uh, get this why topic too broad and too wide. I have stretched it a little bit, um, but hopefully we're not going to be too far away from this concept of why this morning. I want to tell you a story to begin with. 23rd of the 10th, 2011. Anyone remember? It was his birthday. It was his birthday. 23rd of the 10th, 2011. Well, for you, that might not hold any significance. For me, it holds great significance because it was the day that we brought Luke home from hospital, uh, four days after he was born. And there should be a little picture, uh, Stephen, of me and Luke on this day. It should be on its way up there in a second. There we are. There we are. This day in his United top. Back then, I was a little more passionate about football than I find myself today. But I was. This is uh, the four days after we have Luke's been born, and we brought him from hospital. We brought him home, and this was a day of great anticipation. Now, I remember the day, and I remember the date, not because we brought Luke home from hospital, but because Man United were playing Man City at Old Trafford, and I was convinced that this was going to be Luke stepping into all the joy and fulfillment that I had had as a Manchester United fan growing up. I knew nothing but winning, right? Nothing but winning. Mark, back me up here. Yeah, for a period of time. I can tell the United fans when we talk about football because everyone just goes, Ugh, it's all very miserable. And this was a great day. Manchester United against Man City at Old Trafford. Luke's first ever game. I put him in the car seat in front of the telly. He didn't have a clue what was going on. But I convinced myself that apparently babies like the colour green and it was a green football pitch. And I was like, Elizabeth, it's going to be fine. We're just going to get Luke watching the football. Yeah is looking at me daft. But there we go. In my head, it worked. It made sense. And um, If anyone remembers the scoreline on the 23rd of October 2011, it was Man United 1, Man City 6. It was terrible. It was a terrible day. But it was more remembered for this. Uh, the next picture, Stephen, more remembered for this celebration. Mario Balotelli lifts his t-shirt up and it says, why always me? And the reason my phone highlighted plonker is because I've labelled Mario Balotelli a plonker, (laughs) a plonker. And in in the moment, the pain that hit me as the sixth goal went in and Mario Balotelli lifted his shirt up and he said, why always me? I remember thinking, this is not the best of starts for Luke and his Manchester United campaign. And to be honest, since that day, it's been a downward spiral ever since for Man United fans. But that question, why always me? Has anyone ever asked it? Anyone ever asked that question? Why does it always happen to me? Why me? Why now? Why here? Why this moment? Why always me? If we can go back to the why slide, because I'm going to struggle to preach looking at Mario Balotelli. There we go. Let's get him gone. What a blanca. I'm sure he's a lovely guy. You know, there's people throughout the Bible, Moses, Job, Gideon, Jonah, many others that have asked the question, God, why me? Why me? You know... When the sun's shining, it, it's fooled us today a bit, is not it, the sun, because it looks really warm. Put my shorts on, it's cold, <laughs> it's freezing. It's freezing. But when the sun's shining, we don't really ever question why it shines, do we? We don't ever question why it shines. We just seem to seize the moment. We just seem to get the shorts on and go. Go out, enjoy the day. I always, we always know when it's starting to warm up because Steve and Jane start eating outside. Okay, and they, they've they got to be the earliest outside eaters, Alfresco people, I know. As soon as a little bit of sun's out, the garden furniture's out and we're outside eating whenever possible. Because when the sun's out, we just like to seize the moment. We find ourselves asking the question why more so when it rains. Why has the rain ruined my day? I had this planned and now I'm not able to do it we only seem to ask the question why when things don't necessarily go our way and I know Stephen um, Stephen at the back there was preaching a couple of weeks back and he was talking about why do bad things happen and I loved his punchline it was kind of like can't really tell you can't really tell you but we know and we trust in a God that is for us and not against us Those questions, why me, why now, why here? Well, I've got a couple of points that I hope that are going to just help us unpack, three truths really, that I hope are going to help us unpack this idea that there is a reason as to why things happen the way that they do. There's a scripture, I found this really interesting, Matthew 5, 45, and the NRV says this. That you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. In isolation, it's quite a a strange verse, isn't it? It's quite a, a strange scripture. You know, you'll have heard people say the sun shines on the righteous. You'll have heard people say that. The sun shines on the righteous. But this scripture tells us here that that the sun rises on evil and the good. and, And sends rain. God sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. You know, I just want to get something out of the way before we start really today. And it's this. That if you have bought into the idea that becoming a christian means sunshine every day you've got the wrong end of the stick here on this earth you've got the wrong end of the stick that scripture clearly states that jesus sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous and that passage, the context of that verse is it's, it's all about loving your enemies and actually how um, Jesus talks us through that. And that's a, another sermon in itself. But this idea this morning, I want us to think about this, that there are good days and there are bad days. And we have got to continue in our faith, putting one foot in front of the other regardless of whether it's sunshine or rain. And the reality is this, that we all love a bit of sunshine. We all love to be warm, to be happy, to be outside experiencing the joys of life. But the reality is that there will be days of rain. There'll be days where your plans are scuppered. There will be days where what you wanted to happen and to to do don't happen and you can't do how do we live then what should life look like then well i got i got three truths that i want to look at why always me and the reality is this god cares for you for you as an individual for us as his people god cares for us and he is very interested in you. And the way we are as human beings, we can sometimes forget about the entirety of what everything else that's going on in the world and focus on our own problems. You know, it's quite a sobering moment, isn't it, to turn the news on and see what's happening across Europe right now. You know, I might have been and played golf I went and played golf yesterday and I played pretty rubbish. I was pretty pants. And halfway round, I was getting really annoyed with myself of how rubbish it was going. And I had this moment where I was like, Ben, like, you plonker. There's a war going on and there's me getting upset because I'm hitting a few golf balls left and right. God is interested in us. The first point that I wanna bring out today, and we were at a conference just last week and this point was, was mentioned, this word, this idea, and we find it in Philippians 3 verse 20. It says this, But there is far more to life for us because we are citizens of heaven. We are citizens of heaven. Who finds themselves every morning jumping out of bed full of excitement, full of energy, Yes, Veronica, I love that. Steve, yeah, love that. Steve's flying out of bed. Um, who are the slow burners here? Who are the people that really, really just have to give your head a wobble? Remind yourself what day it is. Remind yourself who you're, what your name is, who you are. That's me. You know what? I used to be, when I was working as an electrician for Quartz Elect, driving up and down the country, I used to jump out of bed. But since the years have passed and I've stopped doing that now, I'm like a dinosaur in the morning. I'm really, really difficult to wake up. To be a citizen of heaven. You know, I love this idea. You know, this idea where you open the curtains, is it sunshine or is it rain? How fickle are human beings that something as simple as that can change and shape the rest of the day? We do, we do, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, it's a great point. It's a great point. There's sunshine and there's rain. You know, to be a citizen of heaven, what does the word citizen mean? Well, I looked it up in the old dictionary. Citizen or citizenship, a legally recognized subject or national of a state or commonwealth, either native or naturalized. A citizen of heaven. God has accepted us into his kingdom. just want that to soak in for a second. God has accepted you into his kingdom. God has made a way through Jesus. The Bible says that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, then we will be saved. Uh, hands up. Who's ever been to Turkey. a few people have been to turkey and turkey is probably one of the nations that uh, i have so i've been to and one of the things that stands out for me when i've been to turkey is how nationalistic they are as a nation right you can't drive more than sort of half a mile without seeing the turkish flag waved from the top of a building you drive down the motorways and every couple of miles there's this huge flag flying the flag of turkey you know, how many of us know that where we come from is significant? Where we come from is significant. It forms your worldview sometimes. It can dictate your opportunities. And it plays a major part in how you identify. And you know what? It's one of the first things that strangers ask each other. Oh, where are you from? Where have you come from? And I joke about opening the curtains in the morning and seeing sunshine or rain and does it make you feel happy or sad or what does it mean? But the reality is this. When somebody asks you, where do you come from? I mean, it'd be a, it'd be a great conversation starter if you went, I'm a citizen of heaven. <laughs> You've Got to be bold for that one. You gotta be ready for it, but trust me, go for it, why not? But there is a moment where we gotta choose to say, you know what, I identify, my worldview is shaped, my opportunities are dictated by the fact that I am a citizen of heaven. The Bible said, Philippians 3.20, but there is far more to life for us because we are citizens of heaven. Um, Elizabeth and myself, we've been watching the new Vikings stuff. Look, if you're not into, like, blood and gore, I don't recommend watching the Vikings. But I love the Vikings, me. It's my favourite sort of period in history. Um, Sort of watching those, um, obviously doing a bit of reading, but mainly watching the films. Um, To see how it all shaped out. I'm convinced I'm part Viking. Elizabeth thinks thinks I'm daft, but I'm convinced. And the way I've, I've worked this out is this. Next time you eat a chicken leg, yeah, if you cut it with a knife and fork, you're not part Viking. Yeah, you're not part Viking. But if you pick it up and go for it, Then there's a little bit of viking in you i I, elizabeth always laughs at me she's like and i'm always saying i can't sometimes i really struggle with how people eat and i watch the vikings eating at the table and i'm thinking no this was my worst nightmare this is my worst nightmare but the idea of the vikings and this program we've been watching the last couple of weeks is there was a period in history where England was split up into different sort of little kingdoms. You had Mercia and Northumberland and Wessex, and it was split up into these different kingdoms with different kings in different ways. And then the Danes came over, and the Vikings and Norwegians came over, and there was a load of fighting, a load of war. And then there was a moment where they brought in this Dane law, where they brought in this moment where they were looking for peace, and they were going to let Danes settle here in amongst the people of England and there was this moment where people chose what kingdom they wanted to be a part of based on what worked best for them so maybe some of these Vikings came over that were farmers and they would choose to be in Mercia which is like Birmingham area the Midlands they would choose to go for the good land the farmland that they could grow um crops in and build a life maybe they were fighting people and they would choose to be soldiers of Wessex and guard London and and do that sort of thing but there was this moment where they could come they could settle and they would be accepted by a kingdom you know I think that today in the world that we live in the world is accepting too many Christians and too many Christians are accepting the kingdom of the world. There's a moment where we have to say, no, we are followers of Jesus. We are citizens of heaven and we identify with the kingdom of heaven. You know, it's a choice, a daily choice to say, God, today I choose to serve your kingdom. You are my king and I am going to live for you. Number two, point number two, we're to be catalysts for something special. The word catalyst is basically, a, it's like a chemistry word that basically stands for something where you, you introduce something to um, an experiment and it accelerates change. It makes a difference. It accelerates a change in process without losing any of its original form. So it's something that you can introduce to an experiment that will bring great change, but it will never lose its original form or value. You know, why always me? If we want to be a people that are standing firm, standing true, for the kingdom of heaven, we need to be people that influence and bring about change in the lives of people. If you've got your Bibles and you want to turn to it, if we look at Acts chapter 11, we're going to look at an example of a, a catalyst change and how somebody coming in can change something spiritually. Spiritually. Acts 11, 22 says this, when the church in Jerusalem got wind of this, they sent Barnabas to Antioch to check on things. As soon as he arrived, he saw that God was behind it all and he himself, he threw himself in with them. He got behind them, urging them to stay um, with it and rest for the rest of their lives. He was a good man that was enthusiastic and confident in the ways, in the Holy Spirit's ways, and the community grew large and strong in the master. It then says this, then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. He found him and brought him back to Antioch. They were there a whole year meeting with the church and teaching a lot of people. It was in Antioch that the disciples for the first time were called Christians. You see, Barnabas, a great guy, a good guy, an encouraging guy, full of energy, full of purpose, full of excitement. Went to do a good thing, went to check on the people, started off a great sort of ministry, encouraging believers to keep on keeping on. But he recognized there needed to be a catalyst. He recognized there needed to be somebody that was to come in, come alongside them and accelerate change accelerate something in the ministry so he went to Tarsus and he found Saul found Paul he brings him back to Antioch and when the two of them are put together boom something really incredible happens and this is why the first time we get Christians we get this idea of this Christian church these followers these believers of the kingdom You know, if we want to be people that day in and day out live for Christ, we've got to understand where we come from. We come from the kingdom of God. When we're brought into salvation, when we're brought into forgiveness, there is something different about us that gives us the opportunity to say, I'm a citizen of heaven. Do you want to come and join me? You know, just jumping back to the Vikings for a second, they chose which kingdom they wanted because it benefited them. And quite often, the way in those days you took something was by force, very often ending another man's life. You took it. But you know, the the being a citizen of heaven, being a a soldier for the kingdom of God, you don't take, you don't steal, you don't use force. You stand strong and you point to Jesus and you say, this is what he's done for me. This is what he can do for you. If you sat here this morning wondering, then that's great, but I don't, really, I don't really get it. I don't really buy into what you're saying. I want you to ask this, this, yourselves these questions. When you're thinking about, are you a catalyst? Can you be a catalyst for change? You know, when everyone around you is asking, why always me? Why is this happening to me? Are you going to be the voice in the room that says, let's be strong. Let's be full of faith. Let's move forward. Ask yourself these questions. What do you bring to the table? Is it doom and gloom? Is it negativity? Is it low energy? Is it a defeatist attitude? Or is it, I'm a citizen of heaven. I serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I got faith in my God. Ask yourself this question, what can you add? What do you bring? What can you add to a situation? What can you do to help speed up the spiritual reaction in any room that you're in? What can you say? What can you show people that shows people that it's not a why-always-me attitude. It's a God's chosen me attitude that says, okay, things might not be going my way today, but still I stand firm because I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm a catalyst for change because of what's in me. The third person, uh, the third person, sorry, the third point is what do you carry? So the first question is, where are you from? The second question is, what do you bring? And the third point is, what do you carry? And Stephen, have we got the little TikTok video? See where this goes now. I told them to be rapid on the end of cutting it off. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. What do you carry? Sorry James. That's the Royal Mail delivering your parcel. This is Amazon. yodel there we go there we go and it's back to the royal mail the question i've got for you now is how much do you care about what you carry how much do you care about what you carry? You know, in that video clip there, you've got the Royal Mail, Mr. Boswell, there we go. Um, and you know what, bless those guys, they do take quite a lot of care. They post the note through, if they've left it somewhere, they write where they've left it. I think sometimes delivery drivers are just having a laugh with you. I think it's a game of hide and seek. They say, I've left your parcel in a safe place, but don't tell you where that safe place is. You know, the reality is that those guys care quite a lot. I, I laugh and joke about the different groups, but sometimes people hide parcels out the way. Sometimes people just really don't look like they care and they just toss them into any old place and it's like they don't understand how much value is in this. You know, I had, a, I had a mobile phone delivered once, right? Supposed to be signed for, literally just left, like not even by the front door, like miles away. And I was like, these people don't even understand the value of what that meant to me. Guys, what you carry is so, so important. How you deliver it, how you leave it at the door of people is so, so important. You know, Jesus carried his own cross, carried his own cross. The pain of that situation, the burden was worth carrying. It was worth it because of him thinking about you and me. Jesus died on a cross to forgive my sin. Jesus, the son of God, the king of kings, the king that I say is king of my kingdom, carried a cross to die for me, for my sin, for my forgiveness, for my salvation. Jesus carried it for me with care, with diligence. Jesus did what he needed to do to make the difference, to be that catalyst for spiritual change, to make a way where there seem to be no way. How much do you care about what it is you carry? I went to a, a Christian Life and Witness course, a training course the other week, and it was about how we share the gospel with people, how we communicate with people, how we... Um, share the good news and share the gospel. And you know, that video was about laying things at people's door. When you're in a conversation with someone, maybe you're in a a, a work relationship with that person and you get opportunities to speak to them constantly. Think about what it is and how you're delivering the things that you say. Do you do it with care? Do you do it with faith? Or is it a bit, I'm just going to make a throwaway statement here about church or I bet I had to say something, so I'm just going to chuck it in here. Or are you going to pray about it beforehand and say, God, let nothing be wasted in this conversation today. Let nothing be wasted. But there is so much more to life for us because we are citizens of heaven you know in turkey they're really proud they fly the flag and you know it's it's a a, a national nationalist nation but we know that countries go to war with other countries we're witnessing that firsthand this idea that sun shines on evil is a difficult thing to get your head around you know, I think of Mr. Putin and I think of the decisions that he's making and the lovely house that he sits in and the money that he has and the power that is at his feet. And it's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult to stomach. It's, it's a challenging thought. And I'm sure that the people in Ukraine are thinking, why is this happening to me? Why my family? why me why why is this happening the truth of the situation and i know it, it it's you know it's 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 easy to say people say oh god's in control god knows everything but if that was i wonder if that would be my response if that was my nation and my family that was displaced or on the run for fear of what would happen through the actions of a government or or a person. I wonder what my response would be. I think the Bible teaches us that first and foremost, we recognize where we're from and who we belong to. We are citizens of heaven. Citizens of heaven called to bring change to the people around us, to be catalysts without compromise to our faith, but to speed up the spiritual process of people's lives. I'm going to read the lyrics to a song to finish. This song is, um, we've played it a couple of times at church, but this, I just wanted to read the lyrics because it speaks about my testimony. And The next time you catch yourself thinking, why is this happening to me? Why me? I want you to remember that if you were the only person here on this earth, Jesus still would have carried his cross, still would have died on that cross for you. These are the words I saw Satan fall like lightning, I saw darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over is my name is registered in heaven. I believe in signs and wonders. I have resurrection power. But still the miracle I just can't get over is my name is registered in heaven. My praise belongs to you forever. This is my testimony from death to life because grace rewrote my story, I'll testify. By Jesus Christ, the righteous, I'm justified. This is my testimony. Our names are registered in heaven. How much of a lift should that give our spirit and our soul in those moments where we're thinking, God, why is this happening to me? Why me? The truth is, I just don't know. I don't know why today, that particular thing has happened in that way. Sometimes we bring our own downfalls on ourselves. Sometimes we have to accept that other people are out for their own gain. And as a result of that, it affects others. But most importantly, we say, God, regardless of circumstance, Regardless of what's happening, I know that I am part of your kingdom. I know that you've called me for change, and God, I carry something special within me. Help me, show me what it is I can do to live for you. You know what's, what's that, that famous quote with great responsi- what great power comes, great responsibility? Yes, thank you, Phil, man. With great, with great power comes great responsibility. You know, I think we can flip it on its head for the kingdom and we can say with great responsibility, God gives us incredible power. And we've got a responsibility to live for the kingdom, to be kingdom citizens, to be the people God has called us to be. And with that responsibility, God has not left us without power. He's given us the Holy Spirit to day in and day out say, "God, I'm going to live for you today." And my my role is not to mask um, my role is not to mask this the idea that I know that some days it's difficult to get up and be happy and choose to be excited and enthusiastic. But Barnabas was excited and enthusiastic and full of encouragement, but he still recognized he needed help. He needed somebody to come alongside him and be that catalyst for change. Be that person. Be the person that comes alongside somebody else and encourages spiritual change in them. Bless you guys. I'll pray to finish, yeah? Heavenly Father, Lord God, I want to thank you so much. Lord God, that your word says, believe in our heart, confess with our mouth, and we'll be saved. Lord, we're so thankful, we're so grateful that we have the opportunity to have our names registered in heaven. Lord, help us each day to live with that conviction, God, that we are citizens of heaven. That, Lord, we belong to you. We stand for you. We live for you. God, help us to be catalysts for change in the lives of of people around us. God, may we bring spiritual change in every room and conversation that we're in. God, help us to recognize that what we carry is greater than the sum of ourselves. But God, what we have is we bring hope and life to the people around us because we live for you. Help us, we pray in your holy name of oh God. Amen.